This is Hamish. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And as you can tell, <laughs> I'm sick and my voice is dying, but oh well. Hello. I feel great. I know, right? Uh, happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year to you. Did you, uh, okay, important question. Did you stay up until midnight? I stayed up until midnight. Did your wife? Uh, yes. Okay, so you weren't alone on your computer. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it got to that point eventually, <laughs> but we pretended midnight happened at like 10 o'clock for the kids. Oh, that's fun. And we're like, oh, ha ha, midnight. Okay, you're Freddy. in bed now. Yeah. And, and so, yay. Yay. That's nice. Um, and then I just coughed myself to death mm. or whatever. Yeah, Mikey's also been sick for the last couple of days. So <laughs> happy new year to all the men in my life. <laughs> there you go. Um, hey, Hemet. Yo. Were you on TV yesterday? <laughs> I was on TV yesterday, uh-huh. uh, so I figured uh, some of you reached out and sent messages about it, so uh-huh. I figured, all right, I'll just talk about it here. So let me tell you this story, and I told Jessica some of this off mic like a week or two ago, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't share this on the podcast, so I'll tell you all uh, now. So like a year ago, there were these Jeopardy online auditions where mm-hmm. you take a test online, there's a series of days you could take them. I've done this two or three times. I've Hammond taken the really test. really wants to be the brown Ken Jennings. You know it. <laughs> and so they never write back to me or anything. So you don't know if you fail. You don't get your score. Oh, it's interesting. Like, it's like 50 questions. Mm-hmm. And they just ask you a new one every 30 seconds. And you like you have to type in your answer. Oh. It, it might be less than 30. But um, it's fast. Mm-hmm. Not enough time to like Google, Google stuff yeah. and respond. You go fast. And they ask obscure stuff. And they're not Googleable stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I've taken it a few times, never got anything back. And this time, like in the summer, they said, hey, you've been selected for an in-person audition Mm -hmm. in Chicago. So I see the email. I'm like, oh, that is awesome. I've never done that. That's great. Get me in front of your face. Let me convince you to put me on the show. And then it turns out I was out of town that weekend. (laughs) And I'm like, damn it. Um, and I, they said in their email, if you can't make it, let us know and we'll see what we can do. And I wrote back, I'm like, I have a business trip that weekend, which is true. Uh-huh. I'm like, is there any other option I have? Because I, I can't cancel this trip. Yeah. And they said, well, we're going to be in Milwaukee later in the year. Do you want us to just reach out to you when we're in there? I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, I'll do whatever Easy you drive, want. Yeah. yeah, I don't care what day it is. I'll go. Um, and so I thought I'd never hear from them again. Right. And they actually reached out in like October and said, hey, Milwaukee auditions on this day mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm, I'll drive up. I'll spend my day in Milwaukee. <laughs> Didn't really tell anybody. Just drove up, went to this audition. So what's the audition? So I walk into this hotel and you just see a whole bunch of people standing around in the lobby. Uh-huh. Nerd, like, nerd types? Totally. And I'm like, I found my people. <laughs> and I'm like, are, are we all here for the same thing? They're like, yes. <laughs> And long story short, what they made us do is you go in the room. They're all very nice, all the people who are there, because they've done this before. Mm -hmm. And they just said, okay, first thing is you're all going to take another 50-question test. Oh, good. Slightly faster, I think, than online. Mm -hmm. Like They put up the Jeopardy-like questions on the board, Uh and... There's you get like what 10 15 seconds a pop, and that's it. They just breeze through them. You just don't answer in the form of a question, just give us the oh, damn uh-huh. answer. And they just breeze through it. And I'm like, I remember the first question they asked. I'm just like, damn it, fuck, <laughs> this is it. My dreams are dying. Yeah, I remember. I'm like, uh, the question was something about like who wrote a book with this character, and I'm like, I know the character. And I can't remember. Do you the know author. who the character was? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so I oh, won't say. It, but yeah. I'm just like, I, I know what they're talking about, and I don't know the author. Damn it, this uh-huh. is bad. But the rest of the test, I thought went okay, mm-hmm. and so I was like, all right, well, that didn't seem too bad. Mm-hmm. And after we were all done, they took that paper away from us to go grade them off uh, in another room somewhere, and they said, okay, we're gonna have mock games, so three at a time. So like, here, you three, get up here. And they said very clearly, we don't care. We're going to play a mock game. Here's the board. You could do the pick the category, pick the dollar value. Mm -hmm. We don't care if you get it right. This isn't about your score. Mm -hmm. We just want to see what you look like when you play, how you answer. Like, are you personable? Sure. I'm like, yes, I do speech (laughs) team for a living. I can do this. And so, and you see people up there who are clearly nervous. Yeah. Some of whom were so not. I'm like, you were like, I don't care if you get everything wrong. You're fun to watch. Right, exactly. And you could tell that. And so, I don't know. I did that. Mm -hmm. It seemed all right. Mm -hmm. 
and that was kind of it. I didn't talk to anyone else there other than small talk and like I don't I didn't know anyone's names, mm-hmm. at least close enough to the point where we're in touch. Oh yeah. And that was it. The thing that aired on TV. Oh, and what they told us when we all left. Here's what they told everybody in the room. Okay, we're done. It was like a two-hour total thing. Uh They're like, all right, we're all done. You are all in our system for the next year and a half. Oh. If we want you, we'll call you. And if we don't want you, we won't. But that's it. Like in 2020 now, they're going to have another online audition. Sure. They said to all of us, don't do it. Oh, uh-huh. Like, we don't want you again. We already... We have you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Huh. And they said, like, if we want you, we'll call you within 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I've seen online, there are, like, forums. People are like, I've never gotten a call. Or someone said, I got a call in month 17. And you're like, God, you have to oh, wait in limbo. Yeah. At, for what? For a shot that no one gets. Right. So it's like, all right, you just assume you're not going to get it and right. you move on with your life. That's the way you've already gotten it. lucky by like getting to audition. hundred percent. And so I remember there was like one person in particular who I saw during the audition. I'm like, she told a story about uh, what she would do if she won a lot of money, which they asked everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she seemed nice and personable. What did you say? Would you, did you um, say give it to my co-host? That is exactly what I said. <laughs> and they were like, the hell are you talking about? See, the thing is you have to get on Jeopardy and you have to be on for like more than a few days because I feel like this podcast is pretty fucking low on like the things you'll talk about when <laughs> Alex Trebek interviews you. Right. And so I need you to make it to like week two because you'll be like, I have this two podcast. You have very lofty goals here. <laughs> But I, I just remember seeing her. I'm like, she stood out to me sure. because she was interesting She's a and star. Like, seemed like it. And whatever, like uh, what they did on Thursday night uh, this week on ABC, they aired an hour long special on Jeopardy because they have like their best of everybody uh, uh-huh. coming back next week for a big like best of all time oh. tournament. So they have Ken Jennings sure. and they have James Holzenauer, the mm-hmm. guy who won last summer, mm-hmm. and Brad Rutter, this guy who won a lot of money way back when. And they're just having this big primetime competition. So they were hyping it up. They did an interview. And it turned out they were also people filming for that special at our audition. Oh. I honestly, they didn't tell us what they were for. Sure. You but just, you signed a waiver, I'm sure. Of like, I'm sure use my face for what the fuck ever. Yeah, do whatever you want. But there were people, like, there was a local Milwaukee news team there mm-hmm. that was also filming. And they were like, look, Jeopardy's in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And they filmed all of us doing the mock games and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw that clip, the local news clip. And I make a little appearance in there. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Like, yeah. that's how that works. Did you get the answer right when you were being filmed? Um, they show me writing down an answer. Oh. But it's me doing the test. Like, oh, I don't okay. know if I got it right. Um, but they were also filming for the special. And, like, I literally talked to one of their camera people and answered, like, how long have you liked Jeopardy? Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And um, whatever. Um, and so they showed clips of that. And so I was on that special for, like, a couple of clips. They also showed that girl. I'm like, oh, that was the good one. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of other people, too, who were from that audition. So that's where people are like, were you on this thing? And so they just said under all of our, like, they had our name and the Chiron. Uh-huh. And so, like, potential Jeopardy. Ooh, ooh, claim to fame. So anyway, here's what I have not told you. Oh. They did call. <gasps> So, are you in Jeopardy? Yes. I think you broke the system. <laughs> they did call. Really? Yes. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still. Oh recording. my god, heaven! That's so exciting! <laughs> Holy shit! Tell yeah. me everything. When? Um, Where? It's in California, right? It is in California. Oh my god! <laughs> I have to text some friends. No, you tell put, me more. Put down your damn phone. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm in shock. Um, Yeah, so they did call, and they they did not say, hi, uh, first of all, It's me, John Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We want you. Mr. Jeopardy, do not call. (laughs) The phone just said it's a call from Culver City, California. I'm like, that's not spam. Uh And they didn't say you're on Jeopardy. My heart is racing. I'm so excited. They said, hi, we just wanted to go over some stuff from your application. Like, have you been arrested lately? I'm like... (laughs) I wrote down no on the application. Uh-huh. They're like, are you still not arrested? I'm like, <laughs> no. They're like, have you been on Jeopardy with Alex? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> so we go through this. I bet they could verify that on their own. <laughs> right. So we go through this a while. And after, I'm sure, as I'm like, why would you be calling me? You have it in front of you. I uh-huh. don't know why you're... At some point, I'm wasting my time. They must have said, congratulations. Um, you will be taping an episode. 
you're allowed to share that you will be taping an episode. The uh-huh. only thing you can't say is how it goes. Oh, okay. Until it airs on TV. Uh-huh. Like, that's the block out. Everything else, have fun. Um, and so the taping will be later this month. Wait, it's, wait, do you know when? Because I'll be in California. Uh, it'll be after you're in Fuck, California. That would have been so fucking dope if I could have been in the audience. Wouldn't that have been something? Can I extend my trip and stay in your hotel room? <laughs> well, here's, uh, I didn't. I'll stay in the closet. I'm tiny. Yes. <laughs> um, basically they said you pay your own way. You pay for the flight. You pay really? for the hotel. Really? That sucks. Um, but. When you lose, they didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing. When you lose, you get $1,000 for losing. Oh, and second so place that's going to cover. Yeah, that's supposed to reimburse sure. whatever it costs. So it's like, all right, fine. Like, I didn't care if you gave me the money. I'll go anyway. Because uh-huh. what a cool experience. Um, they don't tell you anything. Sure. Uh, I've, I've actually had people like, oh, so they tell you what the categories are? No. no they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that. They don't tell you who you're up against? Uh-huh. Who knows? There could be a ringer who's on a two-month winning streak. Sure, absolutely. And you don't know until you get there the morning of, because they've taped the episodes that are airing of today. Course. They taped them months ago. <gasps> and so it's like, we could be, I could be a lamb going to the slaughter. Or you could win. Or I could not. That's, you're, again, very lofty goals here. Well... But I have been, uh, so I've known, I didn't tell you this. I've, I've known about this for a couple of weeks now. What? I know. I didn't tell you last week during the weekend review either. Um, but it's been. I feel betrayed. I know. It's been constant studying for yeah. like weeks now. Is there anything I can do to help? No. Okay. I mean, and I mean that sincerely. Like, I, I know what I need to do to mm-hmm. study and I have enough resources to study. It's just a matter of like sitting down and and it's a mix of studying on my own what I need to know, like yeah. stuff that I haven't touched since high school, uh-huh. and going through old games and trying to review stuff. And there's a mix of all that. But it's like, okay, I got a few more weeks uh-huh. until it's like, and, and what do you do? At some point, it's going to be, you play the games online. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't have studied for that even if I wanted to. Right. So what are you supposed to just study all of the things? All of the things for everything. It's like, well, I should study literature. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's go through all the books. Yeah. (laughs) Every, every book. Every book. I bet there's going to be. I mean, there's some that you should know. And then like, how much Shakespeare can you dig into? How much do you need to know? I mean, I took a whole class in college. So see, there you go. How much do you remember? I remember Titus Andronicus, the movie scared the fuck out of me. Like, so, it ruined me. <laughs> it was good for something. So it's a lot of that. My God, and I'm so excited for I you. Just, yeah, thank you. I'm, I, again, still in shock. Yeah. Um, and surprised. And I don't know <laughs> anything else about, I don't know. It's all of, I know a little bit about it. And I'll do my best and hope I don't become a meme because of how bad I am or, or something. Or how good you are. What so, are you going to wear, do you think? Uh, they did send... A document that just said, don't wear this. And it was like, plaid. Yeah. (laughs) Button down. They're like, this doesn't show up on TV. Yeah, I'm probably like, love Everything else (laughs) is fine. They said, bring like three pairs of clothes um, because they're going to tape five episodes in a day. Oh, yeah. And if you win a game, congrats, you have have 10 minutes to change and then get right back to it. And if you need to, hey, you know that jacket you wore? Take the jacket off. You have a new costume. Uh Boom. Go. Um, so I need to buy more than one set of clothes. Yeah. I feel like I've never seen you in not a hoodie or not plaid. So I'm not sure what you're, what you're planning for. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Oh, that's so exciting. Haven't. Uh, So we tape later this month. They told me it airs at the end of March. So there's like a two month gap Mm -hmm. quite literally. And that's all they told me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like there's 10 other people who will be there that day. Sure. All of whom are, also in shock and also super like I'm sure they're stoked, brilliant yeah. and stoked yeah. and um and again it could very well be the possibility that whoever the returning person is just dominates everybody and we will all walk away sad right <laughs> oh my god but it's such a, so exciting I'm hoping um that if you saw the Jeopardy special on ABC um it was a lot about Alex Trebek and mm-hmm. his cancer mm-hmm. and he's very clear like I'm gonna leave very soon right um but hopefully it can squeeze in right before that happens um so yeah so that's that's my exciting news that's so exciting I'm yeah. testing Mikey <laughs> <Man> job, <Marty. laughs> 
So that's my next several weeks between uh, work and not work. It's just, okay, study this. Right. Here's what I'm doing today. Here's what I'm trying to know. That's so fun. Yeah, we'll see. Slash (laughs) nerve-wracking. Cool, congrats. Nerve-wracking is the right word. Yeah, for sure. Because And it's, like you said, there's only so much you can prepare for. Yes. Hoof. There's so much you could know, so it's like, you're not going to know everything. You just hope you could think quickly. Yeah. And make smart bets and stuff like that. So I'll let you all know when it airs. That's, I can't tell you how it goes. Right. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So yeah. I have friends who are like hella into Jeopardy. They're going to die. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. So. Good whew. for you. We'll see how wow. this goes. Cool. Um, that's all I got. Do you want to talk about Roe v. Wade now? I do want to talk about this other <laughs> stuff. Let's talk about that first. Oh, this was... Oh, like it's what four days into 2020 three days fuck and it is <laughs> it's already a shit it's year. already <laughs> fucking oh my god so um what in tw- so i want to flash us back to 2016 um because the rhetoric around the 2016 election was a lot of they're both the same no matter oh, both parties are the same no matter what you do nothing is going to change um, and I want to be really clear that, like, I don't think the Democratic Party is perfect or even that good in many ways. However, President Hillary Clinton would not have set the dominoes in motion so that now we see a letter from more than 200 members of Congress and how many senators? Like 30 some senators. Oh, yeah, it's 168 members of the House and 39 Republican senators and two Democrats, we'll talk about them later, Mm -hmm. um, who are urging the Supreme Court to reconsider or overrule uh, 1973's Roe v. Wade decision. So what happens, Hemant, when, if and when, because if this goes to the court, I have no doubt they where will overturn. Right. We and have, then it becomes a state issue, and there's a lot of states that are going to have punishments in place for women. Yes. So Illinois, thankfully, where, where Hemant and I both live, a happy weed 2020 year. <laughs> happy 420. 420 every 420, day 420. in Illinois. 420. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, my marketing shops are in order. A um, lot of pearl clutching still on my Facebook homepages. But uh, more importantly, um, earlier uh, in 2019, um, uh, J.B. Pritzker, couldn't yep. come up with this name for a sec, our governor um, signed into law basically saying that no matter what happens with Roe v. Wade, the state of Illinois is a safe place to get an abortion, right. which is which is extremely important, important because we've seen more and more and more states... Louisiana, Alabama. Um, there's a bunch of there's, them. There's uh, Missouri, who, if the same thing, will ha- have tried to pass really draconian uh, laws that either outlaw abortion very young, very early on, so like six weeks when many women don't even know they're pregnant yet, um, or the crime it makes abortion a crime and punishes both the woman in question and in frequent uh, situations the doctor. Now, a lot of these won't go into law until because it'll be argued up to the Supreme Court. Because the law currently says it's legal, but right. if the Supreme Court says, ha we changed our mind, thanks, right. Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. then um, so, that federal law goes out the window. It's up yeah. to the states, and a bunch of states are run by Republicans mm-hmm. who are totally fine with punishing women. Mm-hmm. They don't care what happens to women. And so that's, that's what <laughs> 200... Members of Congress are urging the Supreme Court to do. And I didn't see the breakdown, but I'm curious how many are male. Um, yeah, I didn't see that breakdown. Um, most but, of them have to be male by definition. Yeah, I'm, yeah, because what, there was a, a chart recently. Because it's was all like, Republicans to begin right. with, minus two. It showed a, a demographic breakdown of the two parties, and the, um, the Republican Party was something like 75% plus white yeah. male. Yeah. So signers include Ted Cruz, Senator of Texas, Chuck Grassley, Senator of Iowa, Mike Lee and Mitt Romney. Thank you very fucking much, Mitt. Um, Tim Scott of South Carolina. Um, Steve Scalise, who we've heard about. Liz Cheney uh, from Wyoming. Um, also two Democrats, one of whom is... Our neighbor. Dan Lipinski, that motherfucker. So anyway, I'm going to... 
throw all of my considerable weight against him in right. the upcoming... The other one is uh, Colin Peterson from Minnesota. Right. Those are the two Democrats that said, yeah, sure, punish women. Yeah, who and fucking by the cares way, about women and their rights? I, I don't know about the Minnesota guy, but the Illinois Lipinski is running in the primary up against a progressive woman yep. who is yep. fantastic. Yep. yep, Do you know her name? Uh, yeah, Marie Newman. Marie Newman. Uh, go donate to her campaign so she could kick his butt in the primary and get this, like, Republican oh. in Democratic clothing Yeah, Lipinski out. is a Democrat in name only. and Lipinski is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, conservative. He like sabotaged the Affordable Care Act when that was happening. Yeah. Um, he's just been a bad representative. He got in because his daddy had the seat anyway mm-hmm. and gave it to him. Like, he's a bad congressman. That's right. I forgot that whole story. So, he literally inherited the seat. Like, I sincerely hope this hurts him in his district. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to read a quote from Bridget um, Amiri, who's a lawyer at the ACLU. Um, quote, the brief is no surprise because anti-abortion politicians have always either taken direct aim at Roe v. Wade or attempted to push abortion access out of reach. Notably, this brief goes further than, than what the state of Louisiana has pushed by suggesting that Roe, Roe should be reconsidered even though the questions in the case don't directly raise whether Roe v. Wade should be overturned. So, I mean, they're not... they're. Like backdooring this whole thing, they're doing mm. like they're they're. It's the same thing they did with all these right. trap laws, which were laws that s- didn't necessarily say you can't get an abortion, but made an abortion either so difficult to get by in- enforcing forty eight seventy two hour waiting periods before mm. between your in- initial consult. If you put up enough hurdles mm-hmm. and then say, "Look, it's a clear and path guess what? for you," you just have to jump over these unnecessary hurdles. And a, some women are going to be unable. It's going to gonna do it. work. Right. I'm sorry. Like I don't work full time right now or I don't I freelance so I could stay somewhere for if I had to leave my home if I had to drive to Wisconsin or drive to another state to get an abortion I don't even know if I could do I don't know if I could afford to pay for two nights in a hotel room like that's that's not on top of the procedure itself on top of the car issue Mm -hmm. and all of that um but and again the Republicans don't care about it and and let's circle back to what happened in Colorado in 2019 their abortions are at an all-time fucking low, right. not because they have restrictive abortion laws, but because people have access to long-term and effective birth control. Because that works. This is... I always had a hard time saying that like Republican men hate women, or Republican men are trying hard to punish women, because to me, it's such an unfathomable thing for somebody to actually think. But when you have the the numbers in front of you, when you have the... The both anecdotal and scientific studies that say, hey, the way to reduce abortion is to make sure people know how they get pregnant. Because guess what? If your sex education is bad enough, people don't understand how you get pregnant. I know because I have brought somebody to a Planned Parenthood because she didn't understand that peeing after sex didn't mean she wasn't going to get pregnant. That is a true life story that happened to me. it's just, it's it's unfathomable. It's a lack of education. It's a lack of access to birth control. Telling people not to have sex does not now, nor did it ever work. Just ask white evangelicals. Exactly. Like, read any story from, like, pre-Roe v. Like, th- this pretending thing that, like, in the good old days, in the 1950s, everybody waited till they got married before they had sex. Like, girls got <laughs> sent away. They got, like, ghosted away for a year, had the baby, and came back. Or married at 19, and then the divorce rate skyrocketed. Like, none of the, like this weird enforcement of their, their cultural norms is not working, and I don't know why. I don't know why they think it is going to. You can't legislate your own sense of morality. You can't. You can't say, I think it's right to get married and then have sex and tell a bunch of other people they have to do that. And how is that a Republican slash small government thing to do? Anyway, I'm just, I'm so fucking angry and I'm furious because the rhetoric around 2016 was so very much like, whatever, they're the same. Not like Trump is, you know, Hillary is just as bad as Trump. And like, fucking say what you will about Hillary. And you can't, like... I still like and respect Hillary. I think she would have made a really good president. She's not flawless, and I'm never going to say she was. But I swear to fucking God, she wouldn't have gotten us into a war in Iran and tried to overturn Roe v. Wade in the same fucking week while being impeached. I bet that wouldn't have happened. So She totally would have been impeached by Republicans. Oh, but not in the same week as starting a war and overturning Roe v. Wade, you know? It's just, it's it's unconscionable and infuriating and hurtful and 
like, I'm sorry, white dudes need to step the fuck up on this because white people, I should say white people, because white women voted for Trump in droves, white men did as well. We need to do better for our neighbors. We need to do better for ourselves. This sucks and it cannot continue. It's totally going to continue. It, it shouldn't. It will. Because this is what bothers me. Like, how much of this stuff has to happen? This is what I've noticed with the Iran thing. It's like, it's all the same people on TV who are like, yeah, war in Iraq is fine. That won't be an issue. It's the same people who got us into this mess. Mm-hmm. And no one's learned a damn thing about, like, maybe don't listen to these people because they don't know what they're doing. They're still listening to the same people. And like the people who voted for Trump, you're right about everything you just said. But I don't have much faith that like talk uh, being reasonable or saying, hey, look, this didn't pan out as you expected. If that worked, then they wouldn't have voted for him in 2016 because it's not like this was a surprise. So that's what worries me. It's like reason isn't going to convince these people. Yeah. Uh, so what will, and I don't know the answer other than I'm not worried about those people. We just need more people who are already inclined to vote for Democrats to just get off their butt, mm-hmm. work, donate money, go do the get out the vote campaigns and get people to the polls. Yeah. Cause like, you're not going to convince Trump voters to change their mind cause they're impervious to reason. That's not how they work. So don't waste your time on them. Worry about getting your side out cause there's more of us. There are. And I I think the most frustrating part of, of all of this um, is that when people turn a blind eye to women's choice issues or whatever, since sure, half the population is very likely not going to have to personally deal with an unplanned pregnancy or you have a partner who does or whatever. But it is this this um, this mindset of, well, it's happening to somebody else. It's not happening to me. I'm smart. It will never happen to me. So fuck it. I don't care. Take away your right to choose because it's not going to apply to me. Until that person or that person's daughter or that person's wife or that person's girlfriend gets pregnant unexpectedly. And then it's an exceptional case. Well, my case is exceptional. Oh, well. I believe I heard someone put it this way. There are more, there are almost certainly more men on that petition to the Supreme Court who have paid for an abortion mm-hmm. than women. Oh, <laughs> or there were more. Wi- uh, I bet there were more men named- who paid for abortions than women who have had abortions, yeah. like in in Congress. Or more guys named John on that list than what have you. It's it's fucking disgusting, and I'm and I, I was earlier today like physically sickened by it because I'm. So beyond angry. Part of me grew up with this thinking that like, well, younger people are more inclined to be Democrats anyway. So at some point the demographics are going to catch up. And then they didn't when they needed to, right? A few years ago. They didn't catch up. They just didn't mobilize. Yeah. Didn't mobilize. It didn't work out. So assuming that it's just going to change in that direction, that's the wrong mindset. It's not going to happen unless people are working to get people to the polls and getting rid of the barriers, Mm -hmm. which is, again, this is what we're doing in Illinois. Like if you have a pot conviction, what, 11,000 of them got expunged. Mm -hmm. That's good. Trying to make sure people who have paid their dues, felons, whatever, who Mm -hmm. have paid their price, like, good, they get to vote now. Mm -hmm. They're done. All that stuff, getting those obstacles out of the way, making it easier to vote, I know it's almost a joke online, but when obstacles are taken, when you give people more opportunities to vote Mm -hmm. with early voting and longer hours at the polls Mm -hmm. and whatever, Democrats do better. When you get gerrymandering out of the way, Mm -hmm. Democrats do better. It's when you put the obstacles up that Republicans win. And they know that, which is why they will do anything they can to put as many obstacles in the way of voting as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm fucking exhausted. I think about like 2016 feels like a fucking lifetime ago because it's just been nonstop since then. It's the assault continues and it's scary and it's heartbreaking. And it's, I think maybe the worst part is seeing how many people don't 
give a shit. Yeah. That, to me, has really been hard. I think if you're a liberal, apathy is a bigger enemy Mm -hmm. than, like, conservatism. Mm -hmm. Just get your side mobilized. If you're in college, like, go do anything you can to get as many people at your school registered to vote. And then do whatever you need to do to make sure they can get to the polls or early vote or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That is more effective than trying to get in debates with people who are unreasonable to Mm -hmm. begin with. Um, do you want to talk about something that is not politics? <laughs> is there such thing in 2020? Not really. This is still political adjacent. Okay. But, okay, the United Methodist Church oh, yeah. announced today uh, how they're probably going to split up. And well, probably? Is... <laughs> I thought it was an announcement that they were going to. Uh, they announced the plan. <laughs> but, okay. okay, here's the story if you're not familiar. The United Methodist Church is like the second biggest Protestant denomination in the country after like Southern Baptists. Huge. We're talking like 12 million, 13 million Mm -hmm. Americans belong to a UMC church. And last year, they basically had these issues where some UMC pastors were like, oh, here's a transgender person who wants to be a pastor. We're happy to have them here. Mm -hmm. Or... There was a same-sex couple who wanted to get married, and the pastor would say, yeah, that's fine. I want to perform your marriage. Let me do that. I can do that. That's fine. Um, And some pastors were doing this, but the broader UMC church said, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. So it all came to a boil last year, and they all took a vote. How do we want to deal with LGBTQ issues as a church? Mm -hmm. And the majority, a slim majority, but a majority said no. You can't do any of that stuff. If you're a part of the UMC, then like no openly or gay married preachers, no trans uh, pastors, mm-hmm. no endorsing. Play the classics. Sex. Yeah, right. Homophobic, transphobic. And the thing is, in the United States, most of the church leader representatives said we're fine with that, mm-hmm. or at least let the churches decide, and it's fine, whatever they choose to do. Mm-hmm. But over the world, across the world, like in Africa, in Asia, they said no. And ultimately, it was like 53% said traditional, which is their fancy word for being a bigot. Uh And that's what won. So now these pro-inclusive churches had a decision to make. Like whenever that comes to fruition, whenever this rule comes into effect, they have to decide, do we want to stay in the UMC church? Mm-hmm. Do we want to stay in the United Methodist Church or do we leave, go off on our own because we can't abide by those rules? And this was an ongoing source of frustration for so many of them. So that brings us to what happened today, which is that they finally released a plan that is kind of like a divorce settlement for the church. Mm-hmm. It was actually mediated by the guy who decided how much money 9-11 victims get. Like, he's, a, he's good at this. Okay. They bring him in for the big things. And here's what they basically decided. There is going to be a new sect of the UMC, and they'll be like the traditionalist Methodist church, because saying, like, the bigots doesn't sound good. <laughs> and they will be split off from the UMC. Like, the inclusive people get to keep... Like, the inclusive people get to keep the UMC mm-hmm. name... Um, oh, that's good. And the traditionalists will be off doing their own the thing. The UMC classic. Yeah. Um, they will also get $25 million over four years to form their bigot group. Um, there's a bunch of other parts to that, but that's the gist of it. Burn a lot of crosses with that money. <laughs> with, so they're going to split the church that way. That means these churches that are pro-inclusion don't have to run away. Mm-hmm. They could stay within the fold. Um, but they right now, the UMC rules are very anti-gay. They will have to vote to undo that, which is not a done deal, but it's probably going to happen. But even if you vote to undo the nasty stuff, Mm -hmm. the UMC is still not a welcoming place in general for LGBTQ people. uh, There's a lot of work to do. Yeah, I'm reassured that it will be a case-by-case basis at least, right? Because that means your local branch of the UMC might be... Might be one of the inclusive. good guys. Yes. And you can f- probably figure that out pretty easily. Yes. Like, yeah, you can't walk, walk in any UMC in the country and expect to be welcomed as a queer person, but like... Right. It's not like every uh, UMC church will be the same. You don't know what you're getting unless you know them. But it gives them a way... Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> 
it punch gives, the mic. <laughs> punch the mic. It gives them a way to kind of still stay within the brand, mm-hmm. but you don't have to run away from it, which I think is what all of those pastors wanted. They didn't want to leave. Right. They were going to be forced to. And this is their reconciliation method. They still have to approve it, um, but that's almost a formality at this point. And honestly, my thought to that is, you know what? Sometimes when you're in a bad relationship like that, a divorce is a good thing. I, and in this case, the settlement, it makes it sound like both sides say we need to break up mm-hmm. and we want to do it in a way that is not uh, drama down the line. So this is their way of doing that, saying like, look, it's shared custody. We figured out all the details. Let's just separate. And here we all agreed to these details. So let's all just sign off on this. Sure. And that's kind of what you hope for. That's the best case scenario. And it seems like both sides are okay right. with the plan. So honestly, good. I mean, they should break up. It's just absurd that in 2020, their whole church is breaking up because there's a whole bunch of people who are like, gay people shouldn't have rights. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. I mean, listen, this is... <laughs> yes, there is obviously still a strong enough faction of people who hate queer people because I'm sure very good Jesus reasons. But at least this feels like some kind of progress in the right direction, right? Like we're moving toward an entire branch of the church is breaking up because they, because at least one of them feels so strongly that they don't want to be anti-LGBTQ that they're leaving their mothership and like... They were going to until this, so... Well, yeah, I guess they're still... They're not leaving. They're splitting up, and I guess that's a... I mean, I remember I went to visit St. Louis. I visited a pastor last year for an event, Mm -hmm. and he was very much on this side of the camp where it's a Methodist church, Mm pro-inclusion, and he was struggling to decide how they were going to handle... This was before they voted um, to say, we're going to side on the anti-gay side. Right. He was like... I, I worry that they're going to do that. Right. And I don't know what that's going to do to my church. He probably because, felt like his, his hand was being forced. Yeah. I mean, they would have. And ultimately his church may have decided we don't want to be affiliated with the UMC then, mm-hmm. but not having those resources at their disposal mm-hmm. would have been really difficult for them. Sure. So what do you do mm-hmm. in that situation? That's what they wanted to avoid. And they've been like putting this thing off as long as they could. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like there's a way out right. for everyone involved in a, in a way that doesn't mean they have to be anti-gay if they don't want to be, mm-hmm. which is what they wanted, right. some of them. Um, so good. It's a breakup that needs to happen. And honestly, along the way, I hope some people just realize, oh, I don't have to belong to either camp. Sure. I can get out because outside of this bubble, yeah. we don't have those conversations mm-hmm. when it comes to which group I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I just don't have to be a part of it if this is the sort of issue that is like a debatable one for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I like mean, human rights shouldn't be up for debate, right. and I don't have to be part of a group that sees it's that as a contentious issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, I mean, <clears throat> I am always of the the thought of if it's a step in the right direction, that's great. Obviously, primo would be leaving the church altogether, but but honestly, I'm not I'm not necessarily in a huge rush for like quote unquote good churches to shut down. I think if it makes people happy and feel good, that's fine. It's just right. when they start to tread into anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-trans. Right. And these churches, the ones we're talking about here, are among some of the more right. progressive churches in the country. So it's like, yeah, in terms of, I think you're wrong. Well, I think everyone's wrong about everything. Right. In terms of the thing they're wrong about, it doesn't really affect me. Right. So like more power to them. We can debate the theology later. Mm-hmm. So by and large, we agree on a lot of the same stuff. So right. they're just not a priority for me. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the Pope slapping a woman. Oh. Because this actually happened this yeah, week. Yeah, I didn't feel very strongly about this. It was it was almost funny because people got worked up about it. Yeah. And the story is the To Pope me, it is... felt more like his bodyguards should have like done a little yeah. judo chopping before he had to. But so, tell, explain the situation. Um, I don't know where he was walking, but he was just holding out his hand, shaking hands with a throng of people mm-hmm. as always surround the Pope. And he's just shaking people's hands 
doing whatever it is he does, and he was going to walk back to the Pope Mobile or wherever he goes. And one lady in the crowd just kind of hung onto his hand. She had a grip. Had a grip on his hand to the point where when he turned around to walk away, she was still holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And he, this is what people caught on camera, he like turned back around because he couldn't escape her claws. Mm-hmm. And just, like, almost slapped her on the wrist, like, what the hell are you doing sort of thing. Well, like, twice. Like, let the fuck go of my hand, lady. Right. And you could see his face grew visibly angry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he said to her, but it looked like he was saying something like, get the fuck off me. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And honestly, I had the same reaction you did, which is, that's like a human normal reaction. Because yeah. when you're a worldwide global figure like mm-hmm. the Pope and someone grabs your hand, mm-hmm. you don't know what the... If well, my husband holds is. too tight on my hand, I fucking slap that <laughs> shit away. Like, don't touch somebody without their consent. Yeah, and you would think the Catholic Church of all places Guys, I don't would slap my husband. Knows. I want to be clear. That was a joke. It was a fun joke. Nice. The Catholic <laughs> Church of all places should know something about consent by this point. Well, I think you it's very help. obvious they have not learned their lessons. <laughs> but the Pope said, like, the next day... Uh, He was visiting, by the way, the Vatican's nativity scene. That's where this all happened. But he said the woman would not let go. And in a gesture, oh, he slapped at her hand. He said the next day, I apologize for the bad example yesterday. Sometimes even I lose patience, which is fine. Look, there are so many good reasons you should be angry at the Pope and the Catholic (laughs) Church. This is so not one of them. Well, and also because he's a, like, international figure... If he, maybe she didn't speak whatever fucking language the Pope speaks, mm. Latin or whatever. Like, so. He's from Argentina. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just implied that the only language the, the Pope Latin speaks speaking is Latin. Argentinians. And that's maybe the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> but anyway, like, she could not, they could not have any language in common, so he couldn't say, like, back the fuck off, lady. <laughs> and so he had to do it with his hands. I don't endorse people hitting people. <laughs> But, like, yeah, if somebody grabs onto my arm in public, you know they're getting a little slap on the hand, right, if not, like, right. a kick I, in the nuts. I don't know. Dude that's going to do that probably to me. I don't know what the other response would have been when someone stranger is grabbing your hand. And also, by the way, he's, like, what, 80 or close to it or something like yeah, that. He's old. Yeah. Don't grab an old guy's hand. Don't so grab that it's people. twisting his hand. Like, I understand you want to, like, touch the Pope, which I still think is weird AF. <laughs> But, like, don't grab somebody. Like, come on. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. So that was a thing. Uh, I have some slightly good news that's shrouded in shitty news. Yes. Which I feel like is all the news I have all the time. Um, So I read this article in NPR that uh, Massachusetts uh, right now has a, a law that if you were a minor in Massachusetts and you need to get an abortion for whatever reason, you need to either get a permission slip from your parents, essentially. I'm sure they don't call it a permission slip. Um, that's what I'm calling it. Or you need to get a permission from a judge to to have that happen. Um, apparently that's becoming less and less popular and they are making steps to overturn it. Um, they said uh, removing parental consent is one of the key elements in a bill being called the Roe Act that's pending in the Massachusetts legislature. Uh, It would allow abortions in the third trimester if a doctor diagnoses a fetal fatal fetal condition. If that wasn't so sad, that'd be a really funny little Mm -hmm. turn of phrase. Um, And in anticipation of a post-Roe world would establish the right to an abortion as a state law. Um, and that's great news. The really shitty part is the story they used to lead into this about a woman, a, a girl who was 15, was raped by a family friend, figured out she was pregnant, did not feel safe enough to go to her family to tell them what happened because it was a family friend that did it, had to go to a judge. To, and So I don't know what hers was, but in t- uh, typically it takes about six days to, um, to get a court approval which uh, happened to this young woman, and for her, that pushed her outside the the window for getting a medical abortion, which is you just take a couple pills, and she had to get a surgical abortion, which she said is something she still struggles with to this day. In addition, the judge... So what she said was, I assumed my lawyer, I think she had a lawyer, told the judge these circumstances, but as the judge said, yeah, you can get an abortion, his parting words with her were, maybe think the next time you have sex. And so anyway, that's why I want to burn all men to the ground because you don't deserve women. (laughs) 
<laughs> You've proven time and time again. Like these fucking, because no, ma- no matter what, whenever we have these laws, this is an abortion heavy episode. I'm so sorry. Whenever we have these laws, it's attaching morality to an abortion. And that's just not the reality. Mo- many people who get abortions either were raped or it's a wanted child that for whatever reason isn't going to survive or they got it for some, like it's not just sluts getting the abortions. And guess what? Even if it is sluts getting an abortion, fucking fine. I would rather a slut go get an abortion and then keep slutting. Cause that's what makes her happy. than be responsible for a kid. She doesn't want and can't afford. It sucks. I hate it. I hate this country. I hate 2020. It's been three days. I'm never going to run for Congress, am I? No. I just have, I hate, <laughs> I hate this spent, country. On <laughs> you've spent four years creating opposition research on yourself. Yeah. I mean, to, in my defense, I would know all the skeletons in my closet because <laughs> they're on tape. <laughs> Can you burn the internet down uh, if I wanted to run for Congress? No. No? Are you sure? I am. I am sure of <laughs> It's that. not like the Library of Alexandria. <laughs> I like how you're working mm. in these little trivia details. That is much appreciated. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just helping. <laughs> just helping you get ready. For, <laughs> I'm helping you get ready yes. for uh, Jeopardy by naming the Library of Alexandria and implying that the Pope only speaks Latin. <laughs> so yeah. thank you. Tell Alex you're welcome. I guess. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Um, Dave, Dave Daubenmeyer, the right wing commentator who always videotapes himself in front of an empty stadium because. He even a he knows stadium. How, he even he knows how many people want to listen to him, yeah. and it's nobody. Wait, is it in front of a green screen? And he fil- it's a green screen, and empty, he chooses an empty stadium. Empty stadium, cool dude. <laughs> to the point where I believe, like a year or two ago, whatever the background image was, uh-huh. the actual stadium is like stop using her picture, really, <laughs> and he had to change it to a different empty stadium. <laughs> a different empty stadium. Oh my god, go anyway. to like our high school baseball field. Like yeah. that's always empty. <laughs> It's a huge stadium. That's anyway, fucking hysterical. He wanted actually. you to know that he opposes interracial marriage. Oh, and the reason he knows he's right about this is because he went to the zoo. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm gonna quote exactly here. Uh, this is him quoting: uh, "You don't see eagles marrying buzzards, do you?" Uh, dot, dot, dot. Maybe. I don't know. At the zoo last night, I don't think I saw one Oriental married <laughs> to a black guy. I don't think that may have been. You don't see it. You don't see it. You don't see it. Dot, dot, dot. Is this 1922? He said Oriental? He did. He they go- didn't even say that in Looney Tunes cartoons, and those things are racist as fuck. Here's the point he wanted to get to. The guys who take care of the aquariums no. keep certain fish out this. of that aquarium, no. don't they? Because they know if they put the wrong one in there, he's going to eat everybody else. So they segregate even in the aquarium. And that's <laughs> his argument against interracial. Who is this man and does he have more viewers than we do? He used to be a high school coach. No. That's why he's Coach Dave. Oh. Oh, yeah. God. Um, you know what? I will say this. I'm relieved he he at least said like eagles and buzzards instead of like eagles and tigers because that is sort of more of the ilk that I, at least he had the same like taxonomy maybe, which one's the bird one? There's still different species, which doesn't apply to interracial Well, Hammond, they don't put humans and chimpanzees in the same (laughs) enclosure, so black people can't marry white people. I mean. It's called science. uh. The the synonymous thing here would have been to say, like, they don't keep this color like chimpanzee with the other color chimpanzee, which that's not a thing that zoos do. Right. It's different species, and there's reasons you keep them apart, which has nothing to do with interracial marriage. Because race is a social construct, and it's not a species. (laughs) Like, I... Either he thinks like humans who are not white are different species from him. I mean, is that what he's? I mean, it's at? a very I don't know seventeenth century way of thinking of like black people are of a different race. Here's some more fucking trivia for you. People used to write anthropology. Anthropo- I was an anthropology minor and a literature major. You need all the help you can get from me. They used to write papers about the traits of the different like species aka races so like they would have like scientists like really smart men in like 
you know, dumb hats and bad beards being like, mm, and this is, I remember this so specifically, like Asian people, you can tell they're this and they're all sneaky, like cool guys, right. good mm-hmm. anthropology work. I'm glad I have a minor in this maybe garbage science, but like they think like, oh, the Africanus are very strong. And like all of these people, it's just like this garbage armchair racism disguise is as like being smart and better than everybody else. It's fucking stupid. And I can't believe it's 2020 and we're still doing this. Yes. I got one. (gasps) Here's another one for you. No. While we're at it. I don't want to. This one actually came as a surprise to me. Um, we know white evangelicals overwhelmingly are support trash. Trump. They overwhelmingly support Trump. And are trash. But here's the thing. Um, professor Ryan P. Burge, who we've talked about before, he's a professor who does a lot of uh, statistic gathering, data gathering when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. And what the one thing he pointed out is that white evangelicals are not like more conservative than, say, Mormons. Like okay. there's a lot of conservative religious groups out there. So what he looked at is where do white evangelicals, because black Protestants um, are very different politically. Yeah, we so can trust white, y'all. Yeah. White evangelicals <laughs> are a different group of people. Monsters. Um, or as Dave Toppenmeyer would say, a different species. They, he took them and then he compared their oh, views daddy. to the next most conservative religious group mm-hmm. to see where is their, like, where are white evangelicals even more conservative because like so if you the say next, so what i would say like catholics would be probably the next most on a conservative lot of group? issues sure okay on some issues like by and large catholics are liberals just not not the catholic, catholics i grew up with just not catholic leaders and oh. you know okay that's fair <laughs> like abortion catholics are mixed on abortion not even, that catholics if the, I grew up with. even if the pope but i grew up with like old white First generation Irish American country club right. set Irish. But overall, right. Not fun. <laughs> so they said, like, if you look at abortion, white evangelicals are not way more anti abortion mm-hmm. than like another conservative religious group. But the one place where white evangelicals are radically more conservative than everyone else and more in line with Trump, mm-hmm. it's immigration. And so, for example, wow, I can't believe it. I know. When it comes to like withholding federal funds from police departments that say we are protecting refugees. Even white evangelicals overwhelmingly don't want to give federal funds to those police departments. 75% of them feel that way. Like it's 60% for the next closest religion. Like it's way different supporting DACA. They're very much against it, white evangelicals. They hate brown people. Like, I don't know how much clear they... How... What would they have to do for the majority of America to look at things like anti-immigration, anti-DACA, and be like, oh, no, they're just fucking racists. It's it's like 40% of America says, let's increase border funding. Only 40%. Most people say no. White evangelicals, it's closer to 75%. Like, they are, when it comes to extremism, white evangelicals are more extreme on immigration than any other group, and that may be the one place where they don't want to get away from Trump. So we say a lot of times, they like the judges, they like the anti-abortion stuff, but that doesn't make them unique, because there are other religious groups that support the anti-abortion stuff. Right. When it comes to the immigration issue and the cruelty of Trump, right. that's where he's not losing the white evangelical mm-hmm. vote. So that's just something to keep in mind. Like, you know why white evangelicals love Trump? He embodies, yeah, he embodies the hate they have mm-hmm. for refugees, which is whatever ironic, given whatever you want to say about the Jesus story and how his family was refugees. But like, basically, Trump says what they're all thinking, right? And they just don't have the balls to say it out loud or whatever yeah. you want to say about it. No, I mean that's what the whole Trump thing has been is he's the id of the Republican party and he's saying the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. When people say they're anti-immigrant, they're not anti like Swedish people coming in or like the (laughs) Irish coming in or whatever. They're anti South Americans coming Mm -hmm. in or Africans coming in. Like let's like, let's call it what it is. I'm bombing the guy in Iran because I love Iran. I just don't want Muslims from Iran to come to the United States. And also I'm going to make life really difficult for refugees. But I kill that guy because I love the Middle East. Like, 
So the the amount of cognitive dissonance in all of this. Do you remember where? So, what? You're two years older than me. Were you born in '83? Yeah. Okay, I'm '85. Um, do you remember where you were when they declared war? When Bush declared war in Iraq? Uh, George W. H. Mm-hmm. Uh, George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. I mean, where I was? No. Probably doing the same thing I am now, just being like, "Yep, that's a Republican thing to do." So I was. The uh, 16 or 17, yeah. I remember, and this is obviously 2001 is when he officially declared it. Am I right? Or 2002? Right. One or two, yeah. I think it was early two because we were seeing the spring musical at the uh, high school near us. And this is before, right? Like you had um, Phones smartphones. Twitter, like yeah. I had a, a little cell phone. And I remember getting home from seeing the Hinsdale Central High School musical Footloose. And I was with my friend Brittany and we got home and her mom told us, and we we're like, a war started and we were seeing Footloose. And in hindsight, <laughs> and at that time, the wars that we understood, and again, I was 16, limited understanding of wars were, were Vietnam, World War II, World War One, like Desert Storm. Des- I mean, not one. Desert Storm I was too young to really understand right, right. and not old enough to have like... But you studied the other ones. Right, right. And those were very like cut and dry. A war looks like this. Yeah. The war happens, people go like... People go, they fight for three years or five years or seven years, and they come back and the war's over. I'm 34 now, and that war is still happening. And right. now we're about to, like, moonwalk into another one, and everyone's like, cool, that's fine. And guess what? they're not the ones fighting. It's right. poor people who And are guess fighting. what? Stocks on, like, fucking places that provide U.S. defenses are up. Oh, my God. I can't believe a war is profitable for rich people. That's so fucking wild. Like, I don't you ever, do you ever think, I'll listen to, I know this is so fucking trite, but, um, um, Fortunate Son. I'll listen to that, you know the song Fortunate Son? Go God, on. tell me you know it. You know it. It ain't me. It ain't me. I know Fortune. It's, um, Clayton's Girl Fievel. Okay. I think, can you look it up? Fortunate yes. Son. I think it's Cle- Credence, but I might Go be on. wrong. And it's literally lyrics uh, about a man who is. You are correct. Fucking, thank God. My dad would have disowned me. Um, so it's by CCR and the lyrics are literally like, I ain't no fortunate son. I ain't no senator's son. It's about how war is happening. I am dealing with the consequences because I am not the child of privileged people. And that was what? 1973? Uh, 69. 69. It's 1969. And it's the exact same sentiment that's happening now. It's like these people who are unilaterally starting a war have fucking nothing to lose because their son isn't going to get recruited. Their daughter isn't going to go off to the Marines. Like they're fine. They it's, it's such, it's so, I'm like, Oh my God. We're just, we just have to build more guillotines. (laughs) The the Republicans who signed that Roe v. Wade, let's overturn it thing. They can all daughters will always get an abortion. Right. They have the resources to get it when they need it. And in America and in their city of choice, it's not like they have to like fly them up to Canada or fly them to like Norway where they can like, they can get it on demand easily. No fuss, no muss. Like you hear so many stories I'm just really angry tonight, so I'm just going to rant a little bit more. There's so many stories of women in the, especially in the 40s and the 50s, before Roe v. Wade happened, guess what? People were still having abortions. And women would either A, die during the abortion, or be murdered by their doctor. That's what happened to the fucking Black Dahlia, one of the most famous unsolved murders in history, is this young woman, Elizabeth Short, had to go get an abortion, most people think, and ended up getting fucking sliced in half and desanguinated and being left on the side of a road for a woman and her kid to find like making abortion illegal just means women are gonna die more so that's that fucking blood is on their hands how are you doing not good honey really bad actually i'm glad you started with the jeopardy thing <laughs> i got one last no one. i don't have it in me one oh fine one. then we're all done okay all right this one's from dennis prager the conservative who runs that fake university online. Oh, God. Okay. Uh-huh. And Frank once said... Okay, I did hear she about believes, this. It's the most fucking buckwash She believes And Frank wrote that people are really good at heart. She wrote she's that in her diary. Good, but it's a translation thing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever it is. She's but not like, in English. They're basically good at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Prager was asked what he thought about that, and he said... I don't get my wisdom from teenagers. 
Actually, he went. He went what on to say, of, "What sort of monster? It's like you know who I fucking hate, Anne Frank. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. She's had it too good for too long. That Anne Frank." He went on to say, "I don't expect sixteen-year-olds, unless they grew up in a religious Jewish or Christian home. She was a secular Jew. Was dot she, dot dot. Was she? No, she was in a I Jewish. Didn't... I don't know. But the point is, like, no wonder these same this people. Guy, what's this fucking guy's name? Prager. Prager." Does this guy think that he has lived a more morally challenging life than a teenager who had to live silently in an attic with her family and another family for how long? How long were they out there? Two years? Sure. You really need me, my help on Jeopardy. Really you don't do. know any of the cool trivia I'm bringing this to the table tonight. I, like this fucking he, dude. Breger does, I mean, his whole shtick is I'm being persecuted and I shouldn't be. So Yeah, there's unlike no, Aunt fucking Frank. Right. But like the, how, there are so many teenagers who have worthwhile opinions worth listening to. I mean, if you've learned anything from the past year, like the Parkland students knew what they were talking about. Greta Thunberg knows what she's talking about. And this guy who's like, I run a university, ran Frank, what? She was she's, two years. I should be the one on Jeopardy. What are you be? doing? I don't know. Um, <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Just like what? By the way, you would think someone who is this, like, who talks about religion all the time would know that Christians, he's not Christian, but, like, Christians hold the same theology, which is that we can all be saved if we accept Jesus. That's their whole shtick, which is the whole point of that is, like, we are all good. We can be redeemed. There's good in all of us. You just have to, like, believe the nonsense stuff. But, like, that's Christianity in a nutshell, and here he is like, what, Anne Frank said we can be good? Eh, she was Suck 16, dick, what does she know? It just, it is, like, um, okay, put us back in 2015, say, oh, five years ago, yes. holy shit, yes. what the fuck is happening with a linear time? It's going too quickly. That's how time works. I hate it. Um, imagine if, if I, okay, so say I was still, say, okay, let's go back to 2012 when I was writing for The Friendly Atheist. Do you remember the- no. What? What? You're not going to let me write anymore? I'm a a (laughs) very skilled writer. Go on. So there was a thing that happened when somebody didn't tip because Jesus. It was like, I tithe 10%. Why would I give you more Mm, when you're not Jesus or something? That story's popped up a few times since. Yeah. I wrote, I'm going to say generously, six to 10 separate discrete articles about that. Imagine if 2012 Jess got the lead of, Hey, a guy said, fuck and Frank. That is my year. <laughs> like all I'm doing is writing shit about Anne Frank and this monster. And now it's, we're going to forget about this by next week. I read it about three days ago. I forgot about it already. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because we'll be in world war three. <sighs> Just that's what I need. Another war to study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the real, you're the real victim in this one, Homer. <laughs> um, I have one pretty fucking funny story right. that I want to end on. Yes, right. You don't have anything else to no, make I'm me good. have an aneurysm. I crossed off the aneurysm stories. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Um, you don't watch Project Runaway, right? I do not. Um, you only watch Survivor. That is correct. So there is a. Do you know the gist of Project Runaway? Oh my god, he's blinking at me like a cartoon <laughs> character. It's literally like however a dozen or so designers and they make shit every week. Okay. It's like every other reality show. Got you it. make a thing. It's a reality show, I gotcha. Yeah. Um so there is a, <laughs> a contestant. His name is uh Tyler Nieslany, is what I'm guessing. N-E-A-S-L-O-N-E-Y. So um he made whatever he was making, his little thing, and then they they do like a fat. I've only seen a couple episodes. I really should get into it. I feel like I would enjoy it. They do like a fashion show and then they do like, oh, these three are going to go for judgment and one of them gets kicked off, right? Um, and so this Tyler guy is standing there in judgment. Now, one of the judges is Carly Kloss. Do you happen to know who that is? Um, I didn't model know. science type. Um, so she's a model. She's also married to Jared Kushner's brother, oh. who might be named Josh and it might be named something I think else. You're right. yes. I could be. Mixing them up with the Duggars. Okay. So, so I guess this thing was like, oh, we want to make something for Carly that she could wear in, like, Rome or Miami or where the fuck ever. Whatever shit people with money do. 
Um, <laughs> and so the guy who was talking was like, I can't see Carly wearing this anywhere. <laughs> and then contestant goes, not even to dinner with the Kushners. Uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, first of all, Carly Kushner's face was like, Oh, sick burn. Like she seemed to, <laughs> in my mind, really appreciated. That was a fucking good burn. And it cuts to all of like the contestants, like who are watching it in their little probably hotel room or whatever. And everybody's freaking the fuck out. And I was like, this man is our next president. I love him. <laughs> he took his moment to make a political statement and bless him for it. Are we done? Sure. How long have we been doing this? Uh, seven hours. God damn it. Uh, you doing anything fun this weekend? Uh, studying. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's my life for the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm it's having... not a problem. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying. What else would what you be doing? be doing? Right. Like, studying other things. I think the only... I'm, I'm expecting to lose because everyone loses who goes on the show, right? Two out of three people, three lose, people who goes are going to lose. Show. So I'm probably going to lose. But I think what would make me upset is like... I could have known this stuff yeah. had I looked it up. Yeah. And so I'm trying to make sure I don't regret that. Sure. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, no. God. You know, here's the thing that about That requires make- me to sit down. And- here's the thing about making a podcast, Hammett, is sometimes you have to have, like, banter and talk to people <laughs> about who you are no. to make them more engaged in why no. our opinion matters to them. No. Nothing. Nothing. Your nightmare. To, like, yeah. how did we get into this? I don't know. Um, hey, tonight... I am doing, I've told you about my book club that I do with my two best friends who live in Portland and we just Skype and drink a lot of wine and yell out about a book this week. It's tonight and we're doing red, white and royal blue and it's the third time I read it in 2019 and it made me so happy and it's the only good thing that came out of that garbage year. Anyway, I'm going to try to read things that make me happy. I did that last year. Went really well for me. Read a lot of books. (laughs) This year I was like, oh, Jessica, you should read some serious things. But guess what? The world sucks. So I'm going to keep reading fucking Nora Roberts novels because it's escapism. And I deserve that. And I don't deserve this that we're doing here. (laughs) You're not, you're not participating, Evan. Oh, where can I find you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm at Heaven Meta on Twitter. I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. It's like if you said the word blueberry, but with a weird, dumb British accent. Yes. Inside joke. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast if you want to support what we're doing. Um, oh, shit. I need to look into transcripts. Whoops. Should have done that today. That. Um... And hey, rate, review, subscribe. I'm always reading reviews, and they've been positive <laughs> lately, which is very nice, but also not as fun for me to uh, read to my friends when we're drinking together. It's one of our favorite pastimes. So go. if you have mean things to say to me, like, fucking go nuts, dude. It's really entertaining, and just give us five stars. Um, hey, tell a friend about this. If you have a friend who needs somebody to yell at them about abortion, this is their podcast. This is the podcast they've been waiting for their entire life. Zero white guys on this podcast. (laughs) Good for us. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.